Greetings, Lord Serpent fanatics. It's your favorite horror writer, Lord Serpent, and I owe you an apology. We fucked up. We thought we would be able to feature a name-brand cola company in the sixth episode of my evil podcast, Lord Serpent's Library, but after getting off the phone with angry lawyers from Pet HQ in New York, I now realize that using brand name cola company names like Pepsi is cause for litigation. And though Lord Serpent has vast and unnatural powers over darkness in the creatures of the night, these powers cannot aid him in the court of law. Therefore, I have commanded my ghouls to bleep any mention of Pepsi and their products, such as Pepsi, Pepsi Max, Max Pepsi-Max, or Siest, which is now called Starry or something idiotic like that. Thank you for understanding, and please enjoy the horror. choice guys guys we're gonna miss final question guys fuck this is the worst bar trivia i've ever been to somebody open the door i didn't even drink that much uh hello Pomeranian waved a bloody paw before Yolanda, and the air shimmered with evil magic. Behold, the Pomeranian uttered, the doom of man. The air shimmered, and not unlike a CRT TV turning on, an image appeared before the befuddled woman. Great writhing tentacles burst forth from the Pacific Ocean and leveled her beloved Los Angeles to so much concrete dust. Dragons, scaly and dripping with the most crimson of liquid, that being blood, swirled in the sky, scooping up survivors and devouring them in one bite. The sun burned black. No, Yolanda whispered, her voice as frightened as a supple young babe's voice would be. No! Now do you see, Caspian asked. Do you see what you've wrought? Please, Yolanda screeched, I'm sorry. I'll never bop you with a rolled up magazine again. It's too late, Caspian spat, staring at her with hollow, betrayed eyes. It's already begun. Yolanda screamed. Do you work here? Did you like my evil story? It's called the Pomeranian's Revenge. 
well, I do know the Pomeranian's a breed of dog, um, most uh, popular <clears throat> in the North Americas and Europe. Um, I don't know if you know, I'm a bit of a quiz quiz queen myself. You're taking this all very well. Yeah, well, you know, it's not my first time I've fallen asleep in a bar bathroom, but this is, um, you got a very interesting vibe going on. Fool, this isn't a bar bathroom. This is my dungeon, Lord Serpent's dungeon. Do you not even know who I am? The janitor? I am the greatest undiscovered talent that Hollywood and the fat cats in New York have yet to discover. Tremble, for you are in the presence of Lord Serpent, the greatest horror writer the world has ever known. So mighty are my works of terrifying fiction that I sometimes, you know, have a hard time getting people to read them. Yes, it's true. Okay. Cool, man. Um, I just want to get back to the pub quiz, so can you just show me where the door Silence! is? Silence! That's why you find yourself in this impenetrable prison cell. You will read one of my stories out loud, performing it with all your heart and soul. Afterward, if you've done a good job and we've had a nice discussion about theme and image and mise-en-scene and all that stuff, I will let you go. Do you agree to these terms? First of all, you need to get yourself a better agent so you can get your work out there. But I do accept your challenge because you're not the only undiscovered talent in Los Angeles, my friend. Are you telling me you're a professional horror short story reader? You can tell me if I'm not. Excellent. Let me pull up my evil chair. Here's your story. It examines the bonds of friendship and the evils of the major cola brands. Oh, and don't forget to listen to your mama, or you might run afoul of them. Skate Freaks Chauncey popped up his board and sucked down the sweet nectar of a strawberry gogurt. The fermented dairy beverage hit him like a can of bricks. Woo! He ejaculated from his boyish visage. Eastside Danimals! The other skaters in the skate park turned to him and cheered, holding up their own empty, or soon-to-be-empty, tubes of gogurt. They were the Eastside Danimals, and they ruled the skate park and the surrounding half-dozen blocks like gogurt ruled their diets. There was Chauncey, the leader, always first to arrive at the skate park, last to go home. Never leave a Danimal behind. That was his motto. There was Sang Jun, the rebel, one who couldn't be controlled. Then there was Juan Garcia Ramirez de Arroyo, who one time ate three whole worms and then farted so loud that Miss Simpson heard it in science class. Then there was Bad Tina. The only thing worse than her bad attitude was the sting of her switchblade, which she said she got from a corpse in the L.A. River. Lastly, there was Aristotle, the smart one, who had mastered the tongues of elf and man before his fifth birthday. Sure, they had a few hangers-on. Stinky Pete, Jeff, Whistlin' Sandy, and the rest. But they were all in Danimal's country, and they knew it. Guys, watch this! Sangjun shouted as he soared down a ramp. Chauncey grinned with pride. That ramp had been decommissioned by the police a week ago, but Sangjun the rebel didn't give two fluffs. The skate park glistened in this young boy's eyes as he soared with the might of an eagle. Soared, that is, until he came in contact with a muscled boot that sent him sprawling into Road Rash Town. What the chunk? Sang-Joon spat, 
but his rebellious mood soured when he rolled over to see the sneering aspect of one Billy Bach and the West Side Pepsi Boys. Nice jump sing, poon, Billy Bach sneered. Why don't you jump in the Pacific Ocean and float away next time? Billy Bach and his accompanying goons hooted with laughter. Billy cracked open a Pepsi Max. Yes, he was drinking Max now and chugged the whole thing. He unleashed a burp that the eggheads at USC probably thought was a magnitude one earthquake. Billy Bach, sometimes known as Endless Billy, and his gang of soda drinking eighth graders were the bane of any younger kid's existence, even cool ass seventh graders like Sang Jun and the East Side Danimals. Sang Jun leapt to his feet and was an Endless Billy's face quicker than ugly on an ape. Somebody tells me to do something? Sang Jun growled like a feral beast, cornered and wounded, but ready to fight, ready to kill. And I do the fluffing opposite. So now I'm never going into the GD Pacific Ocean, even if my own grandma is drowning. Endless Billy frowned. He hadn't expected resistance, and this minor forced adjustment to his worldview sent his small mind reeling. Met with an intellect sharper than his, he resorted to his favorite tactic with relish, grabbing St. June by the smaller boy's smaller shirt. Why don't I punch you a bunch of times? Endless Billy asked, his breath putrid with the acrid industrial odor of Pepsi Max. See who's laughing then. Chauncey and the rest of the East Side Danimals were there in the flash of a blade, which was literally true in Bad Tina's case, who flashed the dead man's switchblade with a plum. <laughs> Endless Billy mocked. Seems your little baby yogurt buddies won't let me beat you into the concrete like the worm you are. Danimals don't get left behind, Chauncey said, a pair of Ninja Turtle nunchucks clutched in his perfect hands. So why don't you soda freaks fluff off? Billy's evil smile widened. You know, Chauncey... You and your stupid Danimals could be cool enough to hang with my crew if you just drank soda. We don't mess around with that crap, Chauncey said. It's got more sugar in one sip than a whole tube of gogurt, Right, Aristotle? Aristotle set down his tire iron and pulled out an abacus. That is indeed right, Chauncey. According to my calculations, a single drop of soda contains more harmful chemicals than- Oh, won't someone shut that egghead up? We all know soda tastes better than gogurt. Here, let me show you. Endless Billy cracked a Pepsi Max and poured it down Sang Jun's throat before anyone could stop him. Sang Jun gurgled and screamed. Billy cackled. In a flash, Bad Tina stabbed the dead man's blade into Billy's arm. Billy immediately dropped Sang Jun and tumbled backwards, screaming. What the fuck? He roared. That bitch stabbed me with a knife! The East Side Danimal stared at Bad Tina with awe and no small amount of trepidation. She was indeed a bad apple. Bad to the bone. Screw you guys, Billy moaned. I'm going to the cops. He and his West Side Pepsi boys retreated, sans their usual threats and insults. Afeared as they were of the knife pried from the hands of a dead man that was now dripping with the most crimson of liquid, that being blood. Uh, Chauncey said, nice work, Bad Tina. And with that, the Danimals and their associates burst into rapturous applause and cheers. Another mighty victory for the East Side Danimals. It would be recorded in the chronicle of Danimal deeds that they kept in the treehouse in Juan García Ramírez de Arroyo's backyard later that week. Now what do you guys say we skate the wheels off our boards? Chauncey asked. But Chauncey, Jeff, an inveterate coward, pointed out. It's nearly dark. Our mothers have always warned us about staying in the skate park after the shadows grow long and we lose the merciful sun's protection. You saying we should do what someone else tells us to do? Sang June scoffed. No, but... There is wisdom in her words, is there not, my friends? Jeff asked. His voice fell to a hush. Dare we tempt the fickle knight? Aristotle, Chauncey said. 
What does the book of seventh grade lore say about skating after nightfall? Aristotle opened his rolling backpack and pulled out an old leather-bound tome. The youths around him fell silent. The book's title used to be The Codex of Sixth Grade Lore, but the word sixth had been crossed out and replaced with seventh. Aristotle flipped to a specific page. The records are foggy, he said, but there have been tales of bad kids who lurk in the skate parks of San Bernardino at night. Kids even worse than Endless Billy and the West Side Peppy Boys. What manner of kids? Chauncey asked. Unknown. A kid who is now in 10th grade saw them on the night Arabella went missing, but she won't ever talk about what happened. Seriously, you ask her and her eyes glaze over and she starts humming that Beatles song, Here Comes the Sun. The kids murmured in fright. They say these kids make you join them if they get you, and you can never enter a home filled with love ever again. Chauncey looked at his comrades, those brave east side Danimals, as the sun set in the west and his heart swelled with pride. I ain't scared of no legend, Chauncey said. And our moms are all at the PTA meeting, so if we don't got anything to do, but... He slammed his board on the ground and jumped on it like a lion jumping on a gazelle. Skate. The sound of wheels on concrete swelled like the climax of some famous opera, and the east side Danimals proved to the setting sun that the only thing they feared was missing out on all the fun. The moon reigned supreme in the night sky, and yet the east side Danimals continued to skate. Someone had set up Bluetooth speakers that were bumping music the youth adored. Chauncey and Bad Tina were taking a break and watching the rest of the kids skate. They shared a Capri Sun Pacific cooler between them. Chauncey loved these moments, sitting back after an afternoon of heavy skating, watching the East Side Danimals, his brothers and sisters, tear it up on the motherfucking half pipes without a care in the world, as if Billy Bach, the West Side Pep Boys, and the school were just distant nightmares chased away with the dawn. You really showed Endless Billy, Chauncey told Bad Tina. Bad Tina jumped to her feet. What's wrong with Sang Jun? She asked, pointing towards the bathrooms where Sang Jun was vomiting next to a concrete block wall. Chauncey and Bad Tina rushed over. Sang Jun waved them away, but they didn't heed the young hero's self-pitying hand motion. Stay away from me, he snarled like a dragon. Danimals don't get left behind, Chauncey said. What's wrong, Sang Jun? Bad Tina asked. Fluffin' Pepsi Max, Sang Jun said, his stomach gurgling. It's really messing me up. What do you mean, Sang Jun? Chauncey asked, concerned for his blood brother. Sang Jun grabbed his friend by the shirt and slammed him against the puke-soaked concrete block wall. Don't you fluff it, get it? It's changing me. On the inside, I want to make fun of people. Call Jeff a, a bitch. I want to give him a wedgie and steal his go-gurt. Bad Tina took a step back in revolted horror. You gotta fight it, amigo. Chauncey told him, It's just the unsafe amounts of sugar and caffeine. Fight it! Sang Jun was close to tears. I don't know if I can! It was then that the lights flickered and went out, drenching the east side animals in obsidian. Sang Jun released his best friend and gripped his own head with his maddening hands. Oh man! He moaned. What's going on, man? The cheery music from the speakers became distorted and fizzled out. Silence reigned like an evil babysitter until the speakers sputtered to life again, playing an evil synth jam the likes of which the East Side Danimals had never seen, let alone heard. A fog crept in from the entrance to the skate park, and from the fog figures emerged. For now they were only silhouettes in the mist, dark shapes devoid of any distinguishable shape or meaning, but every kid worth their salt knew what the amorphous blobs foretold. 
Oh no, Jeff said. Oh man, oh man, what have we done? Shut up, Jeff, Chonsley said. Don't you get it, man? He crooned. It's them, the bad kids that only come out at night. Chonsley ran over to Jeff and grabbed him by the shoulders, giving him a shake for good measure. Get a hold of yourself. It's probably just Billy trying to... The mist began to dissipate, and one lone streetlight flickered to life just above the figures, casting them in a foul, pale glow. The east side animals gasped. Scare us. Chauncey finished, though his voice was smaller now, like a little scared mouse. For he saw them all in their horrible glory, the beasts of legend and terror of skate parks since the radioactive waste accident of 1987. The skate freaks. There was the pig freak and his bacon board, a half-kid, half-pig monstrosity who only ate pork. He snorted at the east side Danimals before shoving some pork rinds in his tusked mouth. Next was the pizza freak, a giant slice of pepperoni pizza with a face and some sunglasses. He had a big old knife in one of his cheesy hands. After that was Baby Freak, who had the head of a baby and the body of a teenager. Baby Freak smoked a cigarette to the filter in one puff and got another cigarette and set it on his nicotine-stained lips before lighting it in a display of strength and bravado. Next was Two-Headed Freak, a freak who had two heads and skated on two skateboards at the same time. Two-Headed Freak did a double kickflip, then blew two deranged kisses at the animals. Then there was Graffiti Freak, a girl covered head to toe in graffiti. Her outfit was made of spray paint cans all linked to a string she could pull, and when she pulled the string, all of the cans released their paint at the same time. Last, there was Ollie, the normal freak, who stood in front with his arms crossed over his Limp Biscuit t-shirt that was two sizes too large. Who, who are you? Chonsley asked. Don't you know? Ollie asked back. Didn't your mamas warn you about skating at night? This is our park, Chauncey told him. Maybe during the day, Ollie said. But at night, it all belongs to us, the skate freaks. It was then that Jeff tried to make a run for it. He rushed towards the freaks and tried to sidestep them, but in a blur that was faster than the human eye, Pizza Freak got him with a knife, a quick slash across the belly that sent Jeff reeling backwards. Slice to meet you, kid, Pizza Freak sneered. Jeff stumbled into Chauncey's arms and collapsed. Jeff, Chauncey said. Oh, fluff, man, no. Tell my mom, Jeff moaned. I'll save her some gogurt in heaven. Then he went limp in Chauncey's arms. Chauncey didn't know if he was dead or what. He was a kid, not a doctor, but he shook his fist towards the moon and screamed, no, all the same. Now here's the deal, Ollie said. You got two choices. One, you join us and become a skate freak by drinking radioactive sludge and you'll never be able to go home or feel love again. Or two, we skate you down and kill you one by freaking one. The kids looked at one another and then, much to Chauncey's shock and terror, Stinky Pete and Whistling Sandy walked over to Ollie and stood next to him. Ollie handed Stinky Pete a vial of glowing green sludge. You're gonna be stink freak, Ollie told him. He handed another vial to Whistling Sandy, and you're gonna be Whistle Freak. Bottoms up. The pair drank that wicked concoction, and with two of the most horrible screams Chauncey had heard in his 12 years of life, like a pair of chickens finding out their omelet supper was made from their own eggs, they collapsed to the ground and started twitching. Ollie looked towards Chauncey with a predatory grin. What about you? He asked. The east side Danimals formed around Chauncey, even sickly saying June. 
The looks of defiance on their faces were as clear as the craters on the moon. Tell him, Juan Garcia Ramirez de Arroyo, Chauncey said. And Juan Garcia Ramirez de Arroyo ripped the mightiest fart of his young life. Then you die, Ali said. He pointed at the east side animals. Get him! The skate freaks laid down their freaky boards and rolled towards the east side animals, who were still smiling, smiling because they were standing on top of the condemned ramp. The freaks tried to skate up to meet them, but the ramp's brittle boards snapped from their freaky weight, sending the freaks tumbling to the ground in a pile. Danimals! The east side animals shouted before jumping off the ramp and skating towards the entrance. They stopped at the bodies of Stinky Pete and Whistlin' Sandy, now Stinky Freak and Whistlin' Freak, which were already becoming freakishly stinky and whistly. What are we gonna do? Sang June asked. Danimals don't get left behind! They weren't real east side Danimals, Chauncey said, just associates, and I don't relish smelling that stink or hearing them whistles all the way home anyhow. The Danimals murmured in agreement. But what are we gonna do? Bad Tina asked. The legend said they can't enter a home with love, Aristotle reminded his comrades. Quick, Chauncey said, whose parents love them the most? That would be me, proclaimed Juan Garcia Ramirez de Arroyo, his thick Castilian accent sounding like sweet music to Chauncey's ears. My mama and papa loved me more than the rolling fields of our beloved high central Meteta in our homeland of España. Right, Chauncey said. Sorry, didn't even know you could talk. See, we thought you just farted. See? I can do that likewise. Okay, Chauncey said. Let's skate to Juan Garcia Ramirez de Arroyo's house and hide inside till these freaks fluff off. Eastside Danimals! Eastside Danimals! The Danimals roared. A horrible hissing sound drew their attention back to the ramp, where Graffiti Freak hovered in the air, powered by her spray paint cans. Who's ready for a makeover? She shouted before tugging on a string and hurtling towards the Danimals. Skate! Chauncey shouted. The east side animals booked it, but Aristotle, wise Aristotle who knew the languages of elf and man, was the slowest of the bunch, and Graffiti Freak was on him in an instant. She knocked him to the ground and then swirled above him, covering his body in beautiful graffiti. Aristotle screamed until he couldn't scream anymore, and then he died. No! Chauncey shouted, trying to make his way over to Aristotle, but the gang held him back. There's nothing we can do for him. Juan Garcia Ramirez de Arroyo said in his wonderful accent, We must go now. And they pulled Chauncey away, screaming, as the skate freaks gathered around Aristotle and high-fived each other. Endless Billy picked at the bandage wrapped around his arm and then spit out the side of his mouth. Bad Tina, he growled in anger and fury, pronouncing each syllable like an airstrike. Eastside Danimals. He was lucky the school nurse was still at school when they showed up. She didn't ask any questions, as addicted as she was to pet Max. A case bought Endless Billy some stitches, a bandage, and a fistful of ibuprofen, which he munched on like Skittles. And now he and the Westside Pepsi boys waited in an alley behind the middle school with enough Pepsi Max cans to take out an army. What are we doing here, Billy? Violent Daisy asked him as she clenched and unclenched her claw-like fingers. Those goddamned Eastside animals gotta go to bed at some point. Endless Billy told his crew, they gotta come back through here, and when they do, Billy threw a Pepsi Max can against a wall, which exploded. It's lights out, East Side Danimals. The West Side Pepsi boys grinned and nodded in dumb approval. Then they heard the sound of a skateboard. Arm yourselves, Endless Billy said. Get ready. 
The gang grabbed cans and cocked back their arms, and the minute a figure skated past the alley, they unleashed a fusillade of caffeinated soda so deadly that it knocked the figure off its board and sent it soaring four feet into the street. We got him! Endless Billy shouted. The West Side Pussy Boys cheered and rushed towards their prey. Violent Daisy flipped on a flashlight and saw a baby's head with a cigarette? What the hell is this thing? She wondered aloud, her words painted with a fresh coat of fear. Billy! Somebody shouted from down the street. Billy turned to see Chonsley and what remained of the East Side animals about 200 yards away. Endless Billy pointed towards Baby Freak and asked, Why isn't this you? Run! Chonsley screamed before he and the animals skated away. Billy heard the sound of skateboards behind him and smelled the stench of graffiti, pizza, and stink. Heard the sounds of whistling and pig. He turned around and saw the skate freaks with Ollie at the front. He heard a wrestling sound and looked over his shoulder to see Baby Freak on his feet, holding a lit cigarette to Violent Daisy's neck. The way I see it, Ollie said, you got two choices. Chonsley peeked over the azalea bushes on Juan Garcia Ramirez de Arroyo's street. Juan Garcia Ramirez de Arroyo's house was on a cul-de-sac all the way at the end. There it is, Juan Garcia Ramirez de Arroyo said melodically, my Spain away from Spain. Look! Bettina exclaimed, pointing down the street where the skate freaks began to emerge from a fog like specters of death. Snap, Chonsley said. We'll never get by them. We need a distraction, Sang June said. But how? We can't leave one of us behind. Eastside animals don't get left behind, the Eastside animals intoned. That's your problem, Sang June said. You follow the rules even when the truth is staring you in the face. I'm a rebel. I don't follow rules. That pissy Max changed me, man, and I ain't never going to be the same. I'm a goner. No, Bad Tina said. It's true, he said, pulling out two cans of pissy Extra Max. I've been secretly drinking soda all night since, since Billy. He choked up at the awful memory. Anyway, Max doesn't even cut it anymore. I have to use Extra Max. And what about after that? Is there even a Max pissy Extra Max? This life ain't worth living. We can find you a doctor, Chonsley said. Get you help. Give me that knife, Sang Jun said to Bad Tina, who passed him the dead man's blade. This is the only help I need. You can't, Chonsley pleaded. Go, Sang Jun said. You know I don't take orders from anybody, and you're not leaving me behind. I'm staying behind, okay? Chonsley nodded with a sniff. I love you, man, he said. Save me a go-grit in heaven. Sang Jun just nodded before he hopped onto his feet and skated into the street. He chugged both cans of the extra max and then lifted up his board and pointed it at the freaks. All right, you mother fluffers, you skate freaks, he shouted. You want me? Come get me! And like a knight of old, he skated towards the freaks, the dead man's blade clutched in his shaking hands. Sang Jun could feel the force of 10,000 suns surging in his muscles, heart, and veins as he skated towards the unholy mass of skate freaks. Clearly, all of the West Side Pussy Boys joined up, all various kinds of freaks now, including a giant Max can with Billy Box face on it that Sang Jun could only assume was Endless Billy himself. Sang Jun passed by the first freak and crushed a can on its forehead, the power of his juiced up blows sending the freak ass over tea kettle. It hit the asphalt with a horrific crunch and was still, turning back into Violent Daisy, only now dead and violent no more. 
Sangjun was a whirl of violence, striking freaks left and right, untouchable in his swift bird-like movements. Untouchable, that is, until a giant Max can with arms and legs slammed into him, knocking him into the ground with a dull clang. Do you see? The can asked in Billy's dumb voice. I've become that which I love. I am my addiction, and my aluminum body is impervious. Sang Jun hopped to his feet and glanced to his right. The east side Danimals were almost home. The freaks were gathered around the pair of he and Endless Billy, the Pepsi Max can. None paid his comrades in skating any heed. Good. Sang Jun grabbed his board and smashed Billy's aluminum body with it, but it didn't even scratch the paint as the board broke. You fool! Endless Billy said, I am Pepsi freak and the weapons of a mortal man can't injure me he gave sang jun an aluminum punch that sent the boy sprawling he then towered over the smaller kid and laughed <laughs> time to finish what we started at the skate park sang jun curled up into a ball you said no weapon of mortal man can hurt you he said as petty freak leaned in for the kill as he was about to smash Sang-Joon to pieces, Sang-Joon spun and stabbed the dead man's switchblade into Billy's aluminum hide. Billy gasped his pissy eyes wide. What about a dead man's switchblade, you son of a bitch? Freak howled as Sang-Joon drew the blade through his aluminum hide like a shark fin through ocean water. Pissy Freak's Pepsi Max insides leaked all over everywhere. Then he died transforming once again into the now serene Endless Billy, who had finally ended. The freaks were flummoxed, all except for Ollie, who pointed at Sang Jun and screamed, Seize him! Chonsley and the gang were on Juan Garcia Ramirez de Arroyo's doorstep when he heard a sneering call from the street, Oh, Eastside Danimals! With trepidation, our brave hero turned to see the dozen or so freaks, endless in number, standing in the street, holding Sangjun hostage. Pizza Freak had his knife to the young man's throat. Join us or die, Ollie screamed. Join us and rule the night. Chauncey's Apple Watch beeped. It was 6.35 a.m. Sunrise. You say you rule the night? Chauncey asked. Well, who wants that when you can rule the day? Huh? Ollie asked. He grabbed the knife from Pizza Freak and pressed it into Sangjun's throat, drawing blood but doing no more damage than a nick. You want him to die? You know what time it is, Freak? No, Ollie said, even more perplexed. Time to get a watch, Chauncey said, as the blessed sun, that most mighty of orbs, lurched into the sky, nearly visible now behind the rooftops. Ollie and the Freak screeched in horror and pain. Chauncey walked up to them as they moaned and burned. And east side Danimals don't get left behind, mother fluffer. At last, the sun rose above the houses, bathing the street in golden light, and the skate freaks burst into flame, screaming and screaming as they burned until they were just piles of ash. Sang Jun fell to the asphalt. Chauncey helped him up. Then, together, the group of four, who were once five, but Aristotle was dead, so they were now four, walked into Juan Garcia Ramirez de Arroyo's house together as Eastside Danimals. And Eastside Danimals don't get left behind. Ever. Well, what did you think of my evil story? 
I don't know. It had some good stuff, uh, maybe a little retread ground, but uh, I'm, I think you're gonna have an issue getting all that branding cleared. What do you mean branding? Is that one of your industry words? Pe Max, you didn't, you, you're not, you're not familiar with Pe Max as a product or yogurt or animals? Yes. Yeah. Well, those are but brands. Am I not allowed to use them? Well, I mean, so you, 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 Lord Serpent, you, you're a brand, right? Unto yourself, I would say you're trying to build a. Uh, a, a name that people come back to. You want you want people to know the Lord Serpent stories. Yes. yes. In the same way. An evil name. Yes. Uh, well, these companies, they don't want to be seen as evil necessarily. I see. You're telling me that I need to kidnap someone from Co in order to let them, let me use P in my story. Uh, well, that's one way, but honestly, you know, listen, I, I could just get you hooked up with my agent. I think he'd be able to clear some of this stuff a little easier for you. Maybe to get you through some of these hoops and uh, a little through the red tape, if you want. You would do that for Lord Serpent? I, Lord Serpent. I mean, you're Lord Serpent. I'd do anything for you, my friend. All, all I got to do, I just, I don't have it on me. I don't have my Rolodex on me. I got to, you know, get my little black book at home and I can set you two up. I'm sure you'd love to have a lunch if that's something you'd be interested in. An evil lunch? Uh, hey, that makes you happy. That's cool with me. Very well. Well... You did an excellent job reading my story, Skate Freaks, and I was going to keep you in my dungeon forever. But since you have industry connections that could maybe help Lord Serpent on his evil rise to the top of the horror short story game, I are free to go. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, no, we'll definitely get lunch sometime. Uh, yeah, we'll set something up, uh, and I'll get back to you when I can. Yes. Be gone. Yep. Peace. Wow, a real industry insider. An agent for Lord Serpent. My, my, my dungeon things are really looking up. This episode was performed by the man called Shu and Lord Serpent. The episode was edited by Michael Morgan and Lord Serpent. Skate Freaks was written by Charles Brock and Lord Serpent. It was produced by Stacey Milborn, Charles Brock, and Lord Serpent. Michael Morgan and Lord Serpent were the audio engineers. The music was composed by Charles Brock and Lord Serpent. Tune in next season for even more of my horrific tales of madness and terror. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Lord Serpent's Library and check out my homepage at rss.com slash podcasts slash Lord Serpent's Library. 